0: الحمد لله Wa والسلام على العباد الذين استفاد أمم بال، من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم، فشكروا لي تكفرون، وقال الله تعالى في آية أخرى، لئن شكرتم لا أزيدنكم، سمحان ربكم Wa salaamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi Allahumma sanni ala Muhammad. Wa ala ali seiruna Muhammadiyum abariq wa Allahumma sanni ala seiruna Muhammad. Wa ala ali seiruna Muhammadiyum abariq wa sannam. Himself draws us Closer to Him. It's not in any human's ability to themselves become closer to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself draws us closer to Him. Allah wa Taala says in Quran, "Ulaika, ulaika humul mukaruboon. That they, they're the people whom Allah wa Taala has drawn close to them. Muqarrib would have been a person who made themselves Qareeb. Muqarrab is the one who Allah Ta'ala draws Qareeb. Actually, everything in our deen is Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala drawing us close to Him. Even Allah Ta'ala creating us was the beginning of Allah Ta'ala drawing us close to Him. Our creation, our existence, our hidayah, all of it is that so Allah Ta'ala can draw us close to Him. Hence Allah Taala says in Quran, wallahu yad'u'u ila daris-salam. that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is inviting, is doing dawa to Daris Salam. Allah Taala wants us. It's strange, what type of kurb does Allah Taala want to give us? A person would wonder, how close would Allah Taala want us to be? It's amazing. <laughs> If you ask your aql, aql would say Allah is Allah. And you are ordinary human being. Maybe Allah Ta'ala will keep you a little bit close. Maybe Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala will let you spend a little bit of time. No, no, no. Wallahu yad'u ila daris salam. Allah Ta'ala wants us to keep us intimately close to Him in Jannatul Fardos. For how long? Forever. <laughs> Allah Akbar. So close that Allah Ta'ala wants us to be in Jannah And Allah Ta'ala wants us to remain there forever Ajeeb. If you ask a person's mind A person's mind would say No, only Allah should live forever Who are me and you What are we going to do living forever? Allah Ta'ala says no I live forever on my own. Al-Hayyul Qayyum. You will live forever because I want you to live forever. Ya Allah, you want me to live forever? Yes, this is the teaching of Quran. Allah Ta'ala says, yes, I want you to live forever. Okay, so that covers time. Where will I live forever, Ajib? <laughs> Maybe you would think, okay, Allah Ta'ala will give you a nice place on earth. Oh, Allah Ta'ala will give you your own planet in some galaxy. No, no, no. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala says, I want you to live forever, but not in the world. I'm going to close the whole world. Yes, Dave judgment. I'm going to wrap up the end of time. I'm going to wrap up the whole world. Because there is nothing in this world that is good enough for you, O my believer, for you to live forever. Say, Ya Allah, you could send us to Jupiter, you could give us the Swiss Valley, you could create some whole universe for us, entire galaxy for us. Allah says, no, none of that is good enough for you. You are my believer. I will discard the whole world and toss it away. I have made another world for you. You will live for me forever in a world that is even more incredible than all of the galaxies, all of the stars, all of the solar systems, all of the planets. I have something even more incredible in store for you. Allah ta'ala says in Quran that I have prepared for those believers. I have prepared for them since past forever. I've been preparing for them since past infinity. An ajran kareem, an incredibly generous, generous reward. I've made this incredible Jannah so you will live there. And you will live there forever. What's the special thing about Jannah? Well, the difference between Jannah and dunya, even the most beautiful place in dunya, is the entire dunya is ba'id, is far from Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an about the whole dunya, قُلْ مَتَاعُ الدُّنْيَا قَلِيلٌ that tell them, My beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam, the dunya, all the dunya contains, muta'ud dunya, all of the stuff of the dunya, is kalil as trifling in Allah Ta'ala's eyes, is nothing in Allah Ta'ala's eyes, is insignificant in Allah Ta'ala's eyes. So the whole dunya's bait, our mashaikh they teach us, every now and then I will say one or two sentences in Urdu, but I will always translate it in English. So don't worry. Little or do for our own and some of our friends' enjoyment. is hmm. <laughs> Muhammad Means in English that Allah Ta'ala has never ever looked at the dunya with love. Never. We are foolish that we have so much love for the dunya. That's why Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, rasukulikhati'a." That love for the world. Listen carefully. Living in the world, fine. Working in the world, fine. Earning the world, fine. Attaining, achieving, accomplishing in the world, fine. Loving the world, not fine. rasukulikhati'a. That love for the dunya is the source of all mistakes. So this dunya is bayid, is distant from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah ta'ala said, no, I want you to live forever and I want you to live in another place called Jannah, which is Qareeb. The ceiling of Jannatul for those is the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu So much qurb. So much qurb. Then on top of it, even in this world, Allah ta'ala loves the believer so much. Even though the dunya is big, dunya is far. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, فَإِنِّي كَرِيبٌ But I am close to you. I am close to you. My Arsh may be far, my Kursi may be far, Jannat may transcend this whole physical universe. But I, Allah, فَإِنِّي كَرِيبٌ That I am intimately near you. Another verse, وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ That I am closer to you than your own jugular vein, than your own crowded artery that allah ta'ala who wants to be so close to us in this worldly life can you imagine what type of qurb allah ta'ala will give us in jannah word karim quran dunya ke mein batane wa kya ka so close allah ta'ala wants to keep us then allah subhanahu ta'ala everything in deen is meant to bring us closer to allah subhanahu ta'ala Allah Ta'ala sent Quran Kareem to bring us close to Him. Allah Ta'ala sent Sayyidina Rasulullah to bring us close to Him. Every commandment of Allah Ta'ala, every act of worship, every feeling, all of it is to bring a person closer to Allah SWT. Salah to bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa Taala. Fasting to bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa Taala. Hajj, Tawaf to bring us closer to Allah SWT. Everything. Everything. Everything has been done to make us closer to Allah subhanahu wa Taala. Every single thing. Now our problem is that even when we do these things we don't have that niyat to become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we pray salah we pray because we have to. How many of us say that every time I pray salah I pray because I also want to be closer to Allah subhanahu How many of us view our deen like that? When Allah subhanahu made the whole deen like this to draw us closer to Him when Allah Ta'ala made everything in deen so that we would become closer to Him, how come we don't have that attitude about our deen that I'm doing all of this so I can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa Taala? It's a missed opportunity. We prayed salah to get closer to Him, but that wasn't our niyat, That wasn't our intention. So we didn't get that feeling. We didn't get the feeling of qurb inside salah. If we don't get the feeling of qurb, of nearness to Allah Ta'ala inside salah, you tell me, is there any other place in the world we can get this feeling? Is there some other activity that we're going to do that's going to make us feel close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If we don't feel qareeb to Allah ta'ala in the masjid, is there any other place we're going to feel close to Him? Is there some more sacred place in the neighborhood than the masjid? And then if we pray salah in the masjid and say, still I don't feel Allah ta'ala my salah, Allahu <laughs> Akbar Kabeerah. It means we're choosing to be distant. We're choosing to be ba'id when that Allah Ta'ala wants us to be karib. So everything in our deen brings us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are some feelings that Allah Ta'ala has asked us to feel in Qur'an. Normally, a person may think that if I make more ibadah, I will be more closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if I'm not closer, it's because I don't make more ibadah. That's also correct. The problem is that people here will say, I don't have more time for ibadah. I don't have time. I have to work. I live in this country. Right? Okay. So question arises, is there anything I can feel just by feeling, not even doing anything? Is there a feeling that if I feel that feeling in my heart, I will become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And is there a feeling I can feel anytime, in any place, and it will make me closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the answer to that question is yes there are many feelings not even one there are many feelings like that allah ta'ala has mentioned in quran tonight we want to show one of them to you and that feeling is called shukr that feeling is called shukr just a feeling even if you don't do anything even if you don't say anything the more a person feels shukr to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the closer they will get to Allah SWT. Look how easy Allah Ta'ala made it. <laughs> so easy. So easy. And if a person doesn't feel this shukr, Allah Akbar. Ajib Allah SWT said in Quran, That you should be grateful to me, Allah SWT, and don't. Literally the word kufr means deny. Don't be in denial. Don't deny. That you need to be grateful to me. Don't deny your gratitude to me. Don't deny your indebtedness to me. Don't deny me. Ultimately, this is where it leads. That's why we call disbeliever, disbelief kufr. Disbelief means to deny the existence of Allah Taala. So that's the end of denial. So actually Allah Ta'ala was teaching us this in Qur'an. That if you don't make shukr, you can end up denying me. Don't make shukr means you're denying the blessings of Allah Ta'ala. Denying that you got them from Him. But it means it can lead to denying Allah Ta'ala entirely. That's why in our deen we really have to make a lot of shukr. We have to feel this feeling of shukr. Our heart should be melted with shukr. Our heart should be overflowing with shukr. And even then Allah Ta'ala is still so merciful. <laughs> It should have been that, okay, Allah Ta'ala, you gave us some bounty and blessing and we feel shukar in return. Allah Ta'ala says, no, you will give me shukar and I will give you more in return. la nukum. That if you do shukar to me, I will give you a lot more. Not even a little more. I will give you a lot more. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said in Qur'an, <coughs> <laughs> that if you were to try to count the bounties and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, la tuhsuha, you would never be able to count them. So what does it mean? If we have uncountable, innumerable blessings, it means we should have a limitless shukr. Endless shukr. Infinite shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And our problem is, is something so simple like that, we don't have it. We don't have sugar for Allah. Today somebody gives you a coke or a Pepsi or a juice, you will definitely say thank you. You will not be able to not say thank you. But if you eat on your own, you will forget to say Alhamdulillah after you eat. Hmm? Allah Akbar. So careful to thank creation and so careless to thank the creator. This has become the condition of the believers. Hmm? Strange. And it's true, we're we're polite, we have good manners. If our children, if somebody gives our children something, our child something, and they don't say thank you, we immediately say, say jazakallah, say thank you. But if our child eats in front of us, and the second they eat, they walk away, and we can see they didn't say the dua. We can see they didn't even say the first two words of dua, alhamdulillah. We don't say anything to our children. Nothing. We say nothing to them. If some uncle gives them something, they don't say thank you, jazakallah, we tell them, say thank you, say jazakallah. But if they don't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't say anything to them. What a strange way of tarbiyat we have of our children. We're teaching them, be thankful to creation, you can remain thankless to the creator. It's a big mistake. <laughs> big mistake. walla <laughs> Don't be in denial of the blessings and bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person should think how many blessings Allah ta'ala has. Now although Allah ta'ala said we can't count them, but let's start counting them. Let's start. First blessing. That Allah ta'ala gave us existence. If we didn't exist, there would have been no hope, no chance for us. At this qurb called Jannah. Then Allah ta'ala made us in If we weren't insan, there would have been no hope, no chance for Jannah. Then Allah Ta'ala gave us the gift of iman. If we didn't have iman, there would be no hope, no chance for Jannah. Then from so many different types of iman in history, Allah Ta'ala gave us deen of Islam. Allah Ta'ala gave us the best form of iman. The best deen of iman. The best. Now look when people today, if somebody gives you the best, hmm, how grateful are you? If you go someplace and they say, okay, I'm going to give you my best, <laughs> you would be so touched, you would be heart that I actually just came generally and you're giving me the best. Or we put your kids in the best school or we give you the best product or we give you our best sample. So Allah Ta'ala selected us from all mu'mineen in history to be the mu'mineen that are called Muslimiyun to get deen of Islam. Then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala made us from the ummah of which prophet? Of the best prophet. We were made, selected to be from the ummah of Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ. That other anbiya used to make dua. Anbiya used to make dua. That, Ya Allah, make me an ummati of Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ. Every single Nabi made this du'a. Allah Ta'ala accepted their du'a on Isra. When Allah Ta'ala took Nabi Kareem Sallam to Jerusalem, Baytul Muqaddas, and the Anbiya did, they prayed salah behind him. So Allah Ta'ala accepted their du'as, but not in their lifetime. They used to spend their whole life making du'a, wishing that I could be from the ummah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And me and you, we got it for free. <laughs> How many of you can say, I made that du'a? <laughs> I made that dua for years and Allah Taala made me from this ummah no without even making a single dua Allah Taala made us from the ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam so the best type of creation insan <coughs> the best of insan those who have iman the best form of iman called Deen islam the best of the prophets of salams we were made ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam even if we were to stop there we would say I've just spent my whole life doing thanks of Allah even doing the whole life of sajda, Shukr would not be enough to do justice to anyone, to give thanks for any one of these ni'mas. But in addition to our Akhirah, our deen, Allah Ta'ala has given us so many ni'mas in this world. If Allah Ta'ala didn't give us sight, we would be blind. If Allah Ta'ala hadn't given us hearing, we would be deaf. If Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala didn't give us health, we would be sick. If Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala didn't give us intelligence, we would have been mentally handicapped. If Allah Ta'ala didn't give us food, we would be hungry. If Allah Ta'ala hadn't given us shelter, we would have been homeless. If Allah Ta'ala hadn't given us clothing, we would have been unclothed. And there are people in our own ummah who are suffering from these things, who don't have these blessings. There are people without food. There are people without shelter. You know how much sugar we should feel. I don't think we understand. I don't think people understand what sugar is. <coughs> how much sugar we should feel. I want you to imagine one of those unfortunate believers who are being oppressed, that they're homeless, they're refugees, they've lost their home, they're living in tents, or they're living in open air. Imagine that all of a sudden you take them and then you give them a house. Can you imagine how much sugar they would sleep in that night in that house? They would be staring at the ceiling with so much sugar. They will love every brick of that house, they will love every brick in every room. That's how you should sleep in your house every night. That's how much sugar you should have. Why is it that we have to be deprived first it's for us to feel that we have sugar? This is a very dangerous philosophy of life. That to take the bounties and blessings for granted. And only if we lose them, then to do shukr of Allah wa Because what if Allah ta'ala chooses to do precisely that? Our am saying in Urdu, That Allah Ta'ala who knows how to give, Allah Ta'ala knows how to take back. Why do we want to wait? To lose the ni'mas before we're grateful for them. Even just having a warm blanket over yourself, you should be doing incredible shukr for that. You should just imagine again, imagine that Muslim who is homeless, who is sleeping out in the cold, and if somebody was to give them a blanket, how grateful would they be for that blanket? We should be as grateful for the blanket that we have that's called shukr why because we're also needy i think we've forgotten that we're needy we think that we are not needy we're living comfortable lives decent lives and relaxed lives oh Allah in quran ya nas antumul fuqara'u that oh people each and every single one of you is always faqir always needs allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we've stopped feeling that need We've not feeling that dependence. Therefore, we don't make sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala calls a slave in Qur'an. وَمَا jinna الْجِنَّةِ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ What does it mean that I haven't created humanity, except that they should feel like slaves. Now, there's no slavery left on earth. But all of you can imagine, a slave always feels like a slave. Even if the master tells them, okay, you're done for today. You have, you can retire for the night. He will still feel like a slave. He still behaves like a slave. He still acts like a slave. He will sleep the night like a slave. He will wake up like a slave. His identity is that of a slave. So Allah Ta'ala used this word deliberately for us, amd, because Allah Ta'ala wanted us to feel like a slave, always dependent, always needy. You ask the slave, okay, your master said you're done for today. Do you feel like you need him? Yes, I'm, you say yes, I still need him. I'm completely dependent on him. I'm never independent. He said, but no, but you don't have to do any work right now. He says it doesn't matter. I'm completely dependent on him. I'm his slave. That's what it means to be a slave. To be faqir, to be always needy and dependent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have stopped feeling that need. We've stopped feeling that dependence. Therefore, we don't make sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, I gave example. Maybe a person says, okay, they don't make sugar for the small things like eating. No, we don't make sugar for the big things. <laughs> we haven't made sugar for health. We haven't made sugar for our spouses. Those who are married, they should think how much sugar they should make that Allah Ta'ala gave them a spouse. There are some people who are unable to get married for some reason, maybe financially unable to get married, maybe some other reason unable to get married. They should do so much sugar to Allah Swan Allah that Yallah, this is a ni'ma from you. This is the gift from you. We don't make sugar for the big things. We don't make sugar for the small things. What in the world is it that we're making sugar of? If I said, okay, write down all the blessings that you have, you could fill pages and pages and pages and never end. Then I said, write down those blessings that you really make sugar of every day. You wouldn't even be able to write one. Yes? <laughs> you wouldn't even be able to write one blessing that we really make sugar of every day. People have children, the big things. You know how many people aren't able to have children. How many of us who have children can say we really, 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 every day, from the bottom of our heart, from the depth of our heart, do shukr to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that Allah wa Taala gifted us children. So all these ni'mas, if we just did shukr for them, just the act of shukr would make us closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Yes, that's it. <laughs> So it says, how can I get closer to Allah Ta'ala remaining in the same lifestyle? How can I get closer to Allah Ta'ala with the same schedule? How can I get closer to Allah Ta'ala without increasing my acts of ibadah? You get closer to Allah Ta'ala by making sugar. You make more sugar, you will get more kurb. Look how much kurb is in our reach. We are the people of bounties and blessings. We could do so much sugar potentially, we could get so much kurb, be so close to Allah potentially, but we don't do it. It's right there, it's in our lap, it's in our reach, and we don't do it. We don't do it. What does it mean to do shukar? One meaning of sugar is al-aitiraf bin ni'mah, to accept and acknowledge. What does it mean? As opposed to saying, no, no, this isn't the bounty and blessing of Allah, this is my hard work. I worked hard for it, it was my effort, it was my intelligence. I worked in education, that's why I'm smart, not because Allah Ta'ala made me smart. I have this money because I worked hard for this money, not because Allah Ta'ala gave me risk. Now Nobody will talk like that obviously, but some of us, this is how we feel. We're too caught up in praising ourselves. We're too busy noticing our own asbab, our work, our effort, our achievement, our accomplishment. So then we don't view that blessing as something that is a gift from Allah Ta'ala. We think, no, it's my effort. It's not a gift from Allah. As soon as you start thinking like that, you won't be able to make shukar. You won't be able to make shukar. So first part of shukar is to acknowledge that it's the blessing of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Second aspect of shukar. Is to make sure you use that bounty and blessing within the obedience of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, within the laws of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So let me give you a famous example. What did I say earlier on? I said if we did not have eyes, if Allah wa Taala did not give us eyes, we would have been blind. So what does it mean? Eyesight is a gift from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Hmm? all the doctors of the world, all the scientists and geneticists of the world, all of them cannot even create one eye. Yes? (laughs) You say we give you a billion dollars, you put all your laboratories together, you take all the genes, all the stem cell research, you take all your evolution, you do it all, just make one eye. They can't do it. (laughs) They can't do it. This is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shukr meant to use the blessing in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many of us can say we use our eyes exclusively in the obedience to Allah ta'ala? We don't have the second step of shukar. We don't use our eyes in the obedience of Allah. We use it in disobedience. We use it in disobedience. It's ungrateful. Look, if you give somebody something and he uses it to disobey you, you will be stunned. <laughs> right? Just I don't know how, what example. Like if you lend somebody money and you find out he used it to... Give, to pay a lawyer to file a case against you. You'd be stunned. You'd say, what? I give this to you and you're using this against me? You're using this in disobedience to me? Hmm? Yeah. How would you react to such a person? Hmm? And Allah <inaudible> gifted us these eyes and we use the eyes to disobey that same Allah Ta'ala who gave them to us. It's ajeeb. <laughs> it's because we don't have sugar. Same thing, because we think it's our own. <laughs> we think it's our own. We don't realize that it's an amanat from Allah Taala. What does it mean that these things are amanat? Amanat means that Allah Ta'ala gives it to us on loan and then He will examine us on the day of judgment and then He'll give it back. So if a person shows up to Allah Ta'ala on the day of judgment and they use their eyes in disobedience, so Allah Ta'ala will give their eyes back but then he will have their eyes punished by the fire of Jahannam. He will have their eyes punished by the fire of Jahannam. It comes in one hadith, you can say like, what was that word? Shards. Yes. They will have shards of fire will be put in their eyes because of the thing, impermissible things they used to look at. So they will get their eyes back. <laughs> they will be returned the amanat. But then their eyes will be given back to punish them. That's why their eyes will be given back to them. But there'll be another type of person who did shukr for this ni'mah, who was grateful for this ni'mah. What does it mean? They used this bounty and blessing and obedience to Allah Ta'ala. They lowered their gaze from the things they were supposed to lower their gaze from. So Allah Ta'ala will give their eyes back to that person and say, I give you your eyes back. Now you go look at Sayyidina Alaihi Wasallam.'" I give you your eyes back, now you gotta look at Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. I give you your eyes back, now you come and you see me, Allah. I show you my beauty today. You lowered your eyes from the beauties of the world, today you raise your eyes and you gaze at me, the being who created beauty itself. Yes? <laughs> That's what a person gets if they get sugar. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala knows how to give. Hmm? <laughs> if you do sugar, and you'd stay away from the unlawful beauties of this world. La <laughs> I will, Allah ta'ala says, I will show you incredibly more beauties in the akhirah. It's our choice. It's our choice. <clears throat> the strange thing, Allah akbar is embarrassing for us. Shaitan actually said something to Allah Subhanahu. Wa ta'ala. And that's in Quran, and specifically Shaitan was talking about us. And it's embarrassing. What did Allah Taala say in Quran? Uh, what did I mean, it's in Allah Taala says in Quran? But it's a statement of Shaitan. "Wala <laughs> Allah Taala is telling, us, Shaitan is telling Allah that, "Oh Allah, you see, you Allah will find that the vast majority of them will not be shakirin." The vast majority of them will be ungrateful to you. So this evil shaitan, he's taunting Allah Ta'ala in Qur'an. He's taunting Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala made us learn that this sentence he said. So we would have shame. We would be embarrassed that if I'm not grateful, I will actually become a person who fulfills shaitan's taunt of my beloved Allah subhanahu wa Ta'ala. I don't want to be amongst those majority of people who don't have shukr. Akbar. Then, Allah subhanahu Allah wa ta'ala said in Qur'an, min مِنْ إِبَادِيَ That there are going to be very few, who? Of my ibad. <laughs> not talking just general insan. Very few of my creatures, my slaves, my servants. Very few of them will be ash-shukur. Now what does this mean? One is shakir, one is shukur. Shukur means that very few of them will be really grateful to me. Very few of them will always be doing shukur to me. Very few. And this verse gives us a hope, a chance. Why not try to be one of those few? Hmm? This is what it means to read Quran with feeling. When a person reads this verse, they should have feeling, I want to be from that Khalil. I want to be from that small select group who is always grateful to you is always remembering you, is always thankful to you, uses every bounty and blessing and obedience of you. I want to be from that, Khalil. How many people think like that? How many people make dua to Allah like that? That, Ya Rabbi Kareem, make me from your grateful servants, make me from your thankful ones. We don't even make dua for this. We don't make shukr. we don't make dua for shukr. We don't make shukr, we don't even make dua to Allah Ta'ala that we have shukr. Then Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran how much He loves the people of shukr. So, for example, Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. Many, many things Allah Ta'ala says about him in praise. One thing that Allah s.a.w. Ta'ala said about Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam, shakiran li'an that Ibrahim alayhi salam was grateful for the blessings of Allah s.a.w. Ta'ala. Now, let's look at his life. It's a very <laughs> difficult life. <laughs> very difficult life. First, Sayyidina Ibrahim has to go against his entire society and his father and his ruler to leave the shirk and to accept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his father is upset with him. His society is upset with him. Okay, then he accepts iman. Then Allah ta'ala gifts him with nabuwa. Allah Ta'ala gives him a nubu'ah, then Allah Ta'ala says you should go all the way to this place in the middle of the desert. Okay, he goes there to Makkah Makarama. Then when he reaches there, he takes his wife, Amma Hajar, Wadiya Anha, and his baby, baby Ismail Islam. And Allah Ta'ala tells him, okay, now you leave your wife and baby here. Difficult. <laughs> ya Allah, there's no water anywhere. There's no food anywhere, there's no shade anywhere, there's no trees anywhere. Allah Ta'ala Himself describes in Qur'an that this place is This is a valley with no vegetation at all. But Ibrahim very Islam, he was obedient to Allah Taala. So he left his wife and baby. There's no mention in Qur'an why he, what mission Allah Ta'ala gave him, where does he go, what does he do, we don't know that. There's no mention in Hadith of that. It's very interesting, actually there's very little we know about these Prophets. Allah Ta'ala just told us the major lessons that we had to learn. This lesson is called Tawakkul Allah. He completely trusted in Allah Subhanahu. Allah Ta'ala, you tell me to go, I go. That's it. Um, now his mother is there, baby is there. All of you know story. Mother is running from Safa and Marwa, Safa and Marwa. Hmm? Baby is kicking its heels on the ground. Finally after seven rounds when the baby kicks his heels on the ground, the water of Zamzam comes forth. Zam zam is the language of that time. It means stop, stop. So much water came out. A Mahajra said these words, zam zam, in Urdu, roko roko, bus bus, <laughs> stop stop. Yes, that's what it means. That's what it means. And then the water stopped. She was worried. So much water was coming from the Barakah of Allah Taala. She was worried her baby might get drowned before she could come back from Marwa and return back to the baby. Allah Akbar. but it doesn't stop here. <laughs> then his child gets older. Becomes a beautiful young man. Allah Ta'ala tells him, you take a knife and slaughter your son. Allah Ta'ala, <laughs> a difficult life. What <laughs> test? He says, okay. He takes his son up into the hills. and takes knife out and is ready to put the knife on his son's neck and actually puts the knife, but then Allah Ta'ala swaps the son with a ram. Allahu akbar look at this life of Him. Hmm? Tough life. Difficulties in life. Why am I saying this? Because sometimes people say that, no, no, I have a very tough life. They think they have a tough life. That's why they don't do shukr to Allah wa ta'ala. Then they get upset. They say, why is Allah ta'ala testing me? Hmm? None of us have been tested anywhere near the way Allah ta'ala tested Sayyid Ibrahim alayhi salam. Hmm? And we are, the, the Quran tells us we are minnat Ibrahim. This ummah is supposed to follow the Mizaj. Mizaj Ibrahimi, uh, means the, the temperament of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And what did he bring him? He was grateful to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in all of the difficulties, tests, trials, tribulations, challenges. He was grateful to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Then about Nuh sallam, another prophet. Difficulty. i tells him. You preach to the people, as they don't listen. You keep preaching to the people; they don't listen. Nine hundreds and hundreds of years, nine hundred years. You keep preaching to the people. They don't listen. 900 years. Can you imagine that? If anybody has tried dawah, can you imagine I tell you, you make dawah for 900 years and no one will listen to you. Do you know how difficult that would be? To spend your whole day and night, day and night, year after year, for centuries. Okay. Finally, Allah then says, okay, you build the boat, you bring every one member from every species. So then you say, Ya Allah, what about my son? You told me my that Allah Ta'ala gets angry and says, your son is not your al because your son is disbeliever. That Then Allah Ta'ala drowns his son in front of his own eyes. Can you imagine even an ordinary father would be so sad that my son dies in front of my eyes but a Nabi knows that it's not that my son was just drowned. My son was drowned as an unbeliever. That means it's finished for my son. It's over for my son. No more chance for my son. My son will end up in Jahannam. Can you imagine that? To have yakeen that your son will be in Jahannam forever. Ya Allah! What type of test did you put these Anbiya through? Hmm? Me and you would start weeping if somebody told us our son would be in Jahannam forever. We would lose it, right? And what did Allah Ta'ala say about Nuhu alayhi salam? kana amdan Allah <laughs> akbar. Such a difficult life, so many tests, and what was the state of his heart? And Allah Taala is testifying. Allah Taala is testifying in Quran. kana amdan shakura. Indeed, this Nuhayy as-Salam, he was my extremely grateful servant and slave. Shakur, not even shakir. Shakura. Everything I told him, he just did it with shakur. Always having shakur. He never stopped having shakur. Allahu So you think you have a tough life, And you have so many difficulties you can't make shukr. Allahu Akbar. Then in the hadith in Muslim Sharif, Sayyidina Rasulullah, he, he said about himself when he was facing a difficult time, he said, Afala akunu abdan shukura. That no, should I not be a grateful servant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Should I not remain his grateful slave? Should I not accept the decree of Allah Ta'ala? Should I not smilingly pass through the test that Allah Ta'ala sends me? <coughs> People don't realize this. People think that you have to do sabr in bad times and do shukr in good times. That's partially correct. Yes, when bad time you have difficulty, failure, setback, problem, you have to have sabr. I means you have to have patience. You have to accept Allah Ta'ala's will. You have to have endurance. You have to have perseverance. You have to have fortitude. But actually, in, we see from these examples of the Anbiya, that when you have bad times, you also should do shukr. You should also do shukr. Why? Because no matter what test and trial and difficulty Allah Ta'ala sent, still Allah Ta'ala is drowning us in His ni'mas. Still we have health. Still we have children. Still we had shelter. Still we had food. Still we had eyesight. No matter what our difficulty is, there's still a million things to be grateful for. Still to have sugar. So actually we should still have sugar in bad times. And if we remain grateful to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, okay, on this particular issue, you gave, you're testing me. I'm having a setback, I'm having a difficulty. But Allah Ta'ala, still I'm smiling at you. I'm still smiling. That's what it means to have sugar. I'm still smiling. Most people aren't like that. When a difficulty comes upon them, they stop smiling. Maybe even they start frowning. Why? You asked them, Well, what's the matter? You say, Oh, I have a problem in my business. Okay, how long did you have that shop? For twenty years. When did this problem start? Just one month ago. He's saying himself, For nineteen years and eleven months everything was fine. And for one month I have a problem. So you should be smiling. <laughs> that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gave you barakah in your work for nineteen years. If for a few weeks you got difficulty, that was enough to make you stop smiling? You've forgotten to do sugar for all those years when everything was fine? Your heart is no longer, your heart has become hardened just because of a few weeks of slightly difficult business? <laughs> Allah akbar Actually, we should have sugar in the tough times also. You try this. Next time when you see how quickly Allah Ta'ala takes out of that difficulty. If you want to stay in the difficulty, right? If you want to stay in the difficulty but keep your iman intact, do sabr. And if you want to get out of the difficulty, do shukr to Allah Ta'ala. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> You'll be amazed. Allah Ta'ala will say, look at the servant of mine. <laughs> He's still smiling at me. <laughs> this is what the Anbiya they kept smiling on the outside, kept smiling on the inside. They kept having sugar. This is called being shukur. This is called being deeply grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Eternally grateful and thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even in the bad times. Even in the bad times. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will in fact take that blessing away even then our Mashiach teaches you should have sugar. And then the person says, how can I have shukar for the blessing when Allah Ta'ala took it away? How can I still have sugar? You can still have shukar because the time that that blessing was with you, <laughs> the blessing may have been with you for a limited time, but the sugar you should feel in your heart for that limited time is unlimited. You should have unlimited sugar for the limited time you had that blessing. Yes. Why do you think the sugar should stop when the blessing stops? Hmm? Ask a mother, she will be able to explain this to you. If there's a mother who has been given this test from Allah Ta'ala that she loses her child. Hmm? Maybe let's say she loses her child when her child is 10 years old. The sugar won't stop. <laughs> she should still remain grateful for the rest of her life that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala you gave me 10 years with that beautiful daughter of mine. And remain on sugar, So the shukar continues even if the nema is taken away. That's called being shukur. This is a very deep deen. This is an intense deen. And remember, all of this gives a person korb. So even when the blessing is taken away, if we keep doing shukar, we keep getting closer to Allah ta'ala. Because of that blessing, even though that blessing is no longer with us, we are not really looked into this issue of shukar. Allah, were those people who are really grateful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them such a deep shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Deep shukr of Allah (coughs) subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if a person has been given a lot of ni'mat's of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala hasn't taken them back yet. But that person is ungrateful. That person is ungrateful. Then Allah Ta'ala can punish that person. Allah Ta'ala can punish a person for their lack of shukran. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala says that we will slowly, slowly drag them down. We will slowly, slowly punish them. min <laughs> In a way that they could never imagine. It means in simple English, they would never even see it coming. They won't even see it. All of a sudden, something will happen. Some person will get sick. Something will happen in business. Some problem will happen. One after the other, after the other, after the other. Then it will start spiraling down. And then they will say, I don't know what's happening to me. Everything was going fine. And now they will say, Men, hey, All of a sudden. It wasn't all of a sudden. It was gradually. But they will feel like that all of a sudden everything has collapsed. It's because they weren't doing shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another aspect of shukr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Qur'an, مَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ So what does this mean? That when we have the blessings, we should inside be uh, grateful for the blessings, but we should express our gratitude. We should express, share, literally means speak, We should express and share our shukr. I'll give you an example. Sometimes a person will ask you a very simple question. How are you? And many times people give this very bad answer. They say, I'm alright. Things are going okay. (laughs) You shouldn't talk like that. When a person asks you, how are you? You should say, Alhamdulillah, I'm drowning in the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're saying, Urdu, Allah kīllaq, arab, much Say, Allah ta'ala's infinite blessings are upon me. I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> I'm amazing. I'm still amazed how much Allah ta'ala is taking care of me. That's how you should answer when somebody says, how are you? Instead, what do we say? Yeah, things are going alright, so-so. Allah, <laughs> Akbar That's ungrateful. <laughs> That's being ungrateful. Look at your life. Things are going amazing. Maybe, yes, okay, one or two small things are going off. But everything else is going amazing. You have fuel in your car. You have food in your fridge. You have a roof over your head. You have health. You have wealth. You have sense. You have intelligence. Hmm? You have physical strength. You have physical ability. You're able to walk. You have so many things. Ask the people who don't have these blessings. Try to tell them that, oh, I'm doing so-so. They will look at you and say, you're not doing so-so. You're amazing. This is how we talk to one another. Then we complain to one another. Allah sends a small difficulty. Immediately we have to broadcast it. It's the opposite of this. This verse in Quran is saying you should broadcast and share the blessings that Allah Ta'ala gave you. We never share that to people. Instead we broadcast and share the smallest, slightest problem. We tell everyone. Random person comes and tells you how are you doing. You chat them up and tell them about your problems. Allah Akbar. Haji. We've noticed the strangers in planes talking about their problems to each other. It's is shukar. Lack of sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's ajeeb. It's ajeeb. So we should share these blessings. Share these blessings. They say, you know, the people in Urdu, sometimes you ask a person who's completely well off. He said, <laughs> It means in English that I'm just scraping by. <laughs> what do you mean you're scraping by? You have money in your account. You could feed forty families along with feeding your own. That's how much money you have. Just you have enough money to feed your family, and every day you could feed forty families along with yours. And you want to say Bas Guzara, I'm just scraping by. Guzara Astaghfirullah. Is this way to talk? When Allah has given us so many blessings? When Allah has given us so many blessings. Then you think. Another meaning of fahadith means to praise Allah Ta'ala. To do the hamd of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Look, if somebody does, if some person does one thing once for you in the world, I've seen that people praise them to no end. Let's say, for example, some of you, you moved to London from some country in the Muslim world. And there was one person in this community who helped you for two, three weeks to get settled. Even 30 years later, you will remember this. <laughs> You will tell your son when he grows to all, this uncle of yours, he helped me, your father, when I first came to this country. You will never forget it. You will never let yourself forget it. And this is a simple person. And you will praise that person to no end. And you will tell him, he's a good friend of mine, he was so kind to me, this, that, everything. And that Allah Ta'ala, who has given us every single thing that we have, and that Allah Ta'ala was the one who put it in the heart of this person to help you anyway. We can't say, Alhamdulillah. We can't say, Hamd to Allah SWT. Even some people, strange, even an answer to the question, how are you, they say, it. they just can't say it. They have to say it in English, I'm doing okay. They just refuse to say the Arabic, Alhamdulillah. They can't say it. <laughs> it's ajeeb. Strange. It's almost like they're mahroom. Their tongues have been mahroom from the hamd of Allah SWT. That Allah SWT has not accepted their tongue to recite His praises. We should praise Allah ta'ala. We should praise Allah with our tongue. We should worship Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala with our bodies. Allah says in Quran, Ya ayyuhanna Sudguru Naamatullahi Aleykum that O people you should remember and reflect upon the bounties and blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent upon you. But this is a difficult task. Give another example. It's this day when a person goes to get something in this world. For example, they go to an interview. Strange the young men. When they graduate from university, they start interviewing. Right? Okay. If they don't get the job, what do they say? They say, oh, Allah must not have wanted me to get the job. <laughs> they put on Allah ta'ala. It must not have been Allah's wish. When they get the job, what do they say? They say, oh, I did a great interview. I answered the questions so well. They had no choice but to hire me. Yeah, <laughs> They say that far. I gave them such a great interview, I was such a perfect candidate, they had no choice but to hire me. <laughs> so when they get the blessing, they attribute it to themselves. And when they don't get the blessing, they blame it on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah was not aware. Okay, the thing is, when Allah was aware, he could also say that, yes, Allah was aware, I made it. They don't talk like that. It means in English that they say that it wasn't Allah Taala's wish. Fine, that's correct. But when the good thing happens to you, they don't say it was Allah's wish. They say, I did it, I managed it, I pulled it off, I succeeded, I, I, I. When every success comes, they attribute it to themselves, and every test and difficulty, they attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This isn't correct? That when you're rejected, you say it's the will of Allah, and when you're selected, you say it was my accomplishment. It should have been the other way around. That when you're rejected, you should say it was my shortcoming. And you were selected, you say it was the karam of Allah Ta'ala. It was the will of Allah Ta'ala. It was the generous grace of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Then it comes in a date that a person comes on the day of judgment. And Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala tells the angels. And this was a person who was abd. He abid. He worshipped Allah Ta'ala a lot. And brought a lot of a'mal. A lot of good deeds. So Allah Ta'ala then tells the angels that okay... You take him to Jannat bi rahmati, by means of my mercy. This person talks back to Allah Ta'ala. He says, la. He says, no. Bi amali, due to my actions. He says, no, I don't want to go to Jannat on the basis of your mercy. I want to go to Jannat on the basis of my actions because I did so much ibadat, so much amal. Allah Ta'ala tells the angels, bring him back. He's brought back. Alright. Allah Ta'ala then makes him thirsty. Allah Ta'ala puts in him the feeling of extreme thirst. So thirsty that he won't, he won't be able to bear it. So he'll start asking for water. Allah Ta'ala will tell the angel to bring a bowl of water. But then Allah Ta'ala will say, you have to pay for this water. This so is okay. How much Allah Ta'ala says you have to give me your good deeds? Allah Ta'ala says you have to give me your good deeds. All the good deeds you did in your entire lifetime, you can pay for this water. And the person is in such thirst, so he does it. He gives all of his good deeds and then he drinks the water. When he gives all of his good deeds and he drinks the water, then Allah SWT tells him, Oh my servant, if all of your good deeds were just for this one bowl of water, how many times did I give you water when you were alive? What makes you think you're going to enter Jannah on the basis of your deeds? All of your deeds can't even be enough for one ni'mah, one drink of water that Allah Taala gave you. Let alone that our good deeds are sufficient to get the eternal netmas of Jannah. That's when Nabi Karim Sahib said that no one will enter Jannah except from the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Sahaba they asked even you, Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu and he said, yes, even me. <laughs> only and only the rahmat of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, only the incredible, infinite mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will enable a person to enter into Jannah. Now Nabi Karim s.a.w. taught us a very beautiful principle that will help us, make us do shukr. He taught us that whenever you want to compare yourself to someone in terms of deen, you should look at those people who are better, higher in deen. And whenever you want to compare yourself in terms of dunya, you should look at those people who are less fortunate in the dunya who have less blessings in the dunya. This is the perfect way. Everything the Prophet tells us is perfect. Our mistake is that we do the opposite. We do the opposite. When it comes to deen, we look at those people who have less than us in deen. It makes us feel good. So if If we pray five times a day, we look at that person who only prays Jummah, and we say, okay, I'm doing great. That's what we think. I'm doing just fine. Right? Because you look at that person. And there are, unfortunate people out there, right, who may not be praying, who may not come to masjid. So we look at them and we think, I'm doing just fine. And when it comes to dunya, we look at those who have more than us. And then what do we think? I'm not doing fine. I need to do more. I need to do more. We look at the person who has a better car, better job, better house, better this, and we get this feeling, I'm not doing fine. I need to do more. This is the exact opposite. <laughs> Sayyidina Sussam wanted us to do what? That in the deen, look at those who are ahead of us. That oh, this person prays tahajjud also. Or oh, this person is hafiz of Quran also. This person has the real ilm of deen also. This person understands Quran also. Oh, look at this person, he's sahib as sunnah Sahib as sunnah what does that mean? Sahib as sunnah is not a person who reads hadith or teaches hadith. Reading and teaching doesn't make a person sahib as sunnah Living and feeling the sunnah makes a person sahib as sunnah so, so this person has the sunnah adab, this person has sunnah akhlaq this person has sunnah feelings, this person has the sunnah tawakkul ala Allah, this person has the love for Allah Ta'ala like the Prophet some loved Allah Ta'ala. Look at those who are better than us in deen, then what will we feel? I need more. That's how we feel. I need more. And in dunya, look at those who are less fortunate than us. Why? Because then it feels like, oh Allah Ta'ala, you gave me a lot. After I look at that person, I realize Allah Ta'ala, you gave me a lot. You gave me more. When it comes to dunya, shukr means Allah, you gave me more. When it comes to deen, I need more. People are totally the other way around. <laughs> People saying deen Allah, you gave me enough. In dunya, I need more. <laughs> so Nabi Kareem, this teaching helps us to get the feeling of shukr. Helps us to get the feeling of shukr. You know, in our country, in Pakistan, and some of you who may be from some other similar countries in the world, there are actually people who are beggars. Okay, there are some people who are professional beggars. That's a separate thing. There are some people who are genuinely beggars. They are literally begging for a living because they are so poor. And some of them are also women. And we've noticed that people in Pakistan, they don't feel empathy for that. Anytime a woman beggar comes and knocks on your door, knocks on your car, you should immediately do shukr. Okay, ya Allah, that could be my mother. She must be somebody's mother. She must be somebody's wife. She must be somebody's sister. Hmm? Look how much is it Allah Ta'ala has given us that Allah Ta'ala has saved and protected our women, our mothers and our sisters and daughters from begging at the hands of others. How much shukr should we do for this? Just this one ni'mah. How much shukr could we do for this? Hmm? Why do we think we don't have enough? We don't appreciate how much of enough we have. We don't appreciate how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. One wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mentions a story that once I was in the desert and I saw a person who was making a lot of du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I wanted to go close and see who is this person and what du'a was making. When I went close to him, I saw that he was extremely sick. His entire body was covered with you can say boils, like in English. His entire body was covered with painful wounds or lesions on his skin. So then he says, I was even more amazed. Then I went even closer than I could hear what he was saying. And when I got, and I heard what he was saying, he was making dua. He was saying, Ya Allah, I'm grateful to you for the netmas you've given me. Ya Allah, I'm grateful to you for the netmas you've given me. Ya Allah, I'm grateful to you for the netmas have given me. So I was amazed at this person that he's so sick and he's making this du'a. So I asked him that oh young man you're making this du'a that you're so and you're so sick how come you're making this du'a? So the young man said yes that I'm making du'a that I'm grateful to Allah Ta'ala for the netmas, the blessings he's giving me. So he said young man what blessing has Allah Ta'ala given you? And he said Allah Ta'ala has me the blessing of iman. Allah is has me the blessing of iman. So, this is another type of shukr. That when you're in times of difficulty in terms of dunya, remember the iman Allah gave you. Hmm? iman <laughs> Allah ta'ala, koi 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 nabi Huh? Allah ta'ala gave us the perfect blessing, perfect thing, perfect deen, perfect iman, perfect prophet. So, if sometimes yes, maybe sometimes other things in life go less than perfect. Right? Sometimes other things in life go less than perfect. But why don't we remember that perfect blessing Allah Ta'ala gave us... ...which is the blessing of iman? Ajib. The people of shukar, they know how to make shukar. The people of shukar, they know how to make sugar. Another aspect of shukar is to be grateful to people. Man lam yashkur an nas, lam yashkur That person who cannot be grateful to people will never be able to be grateful to Allah Ta'ala. That person who is not able to be loyal to people, will never be able to be loyal to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is another aspect of and ardeen. To be grateful and loyal to other people. This is... That was hadith of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Mustanif Imam Ahmad Ramtali. Ta'ala. Man lam nas. that person who is not grateful to people, Lam yashkirullah will not be thankful to others. What does it mean? Is Allah Ta'ala has created us in such a way that we are interacting with people. We are needy and dependent sometimes on other people's help. Right? There's so many helpers Allah Ta'ala has given us. We have to be grateful to them. We have to make sure we don't betray them. For example, one of the greatest relationships Allah Ta'ala has given us is husband-wife relationship. <laughs> they are like a garment, protective garment for you. They are intimately close to you. Like the clothing is the most close thing to your body. They are supposed to be the most close thing to your heart. But if a person is not grateful or not loyal to his wife, hmm, always remember the person who cannot be loyal to spouse, they cannot be loyal to Allah. It's not possible. We explain it in Urdu. <laughs> not possible. The person who can't do this small loyalty of being loyalty to a spouse, how are they going to do the big loyalty of being true and obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is also part of deen. To be grateful. Same thing for the wife. To be grateful for the husband. Right? If She's always complaining about her husband. Always think the husband is messing up. She's not grateful for her husband. That means she's not following the teachings of shukr and deen. And this is a big problem. This is one of the beginnings of the problem, is we don't, we're not appreciative and not grateful of the other. Just like we took Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala's blessings for granted, we take one another for granted. This is the beginning of the problem. <laughs> we don't appreciate the 99% of the things the spouse does for us, instead we notice that 1% thing that they failed to do for us. Unappreciative. Ungrateful. Unthankful, then it becomes a temperament in a person. They become ungrateful for everything, ungrateful to everyone, and they become ungrateful to Allah Subhanahu. So one way to make sure we have more sugar to Allah Subhanahu is to have more sugar for other people. And Alhamdulillah, people here in this masjid tonight, every one of you, you're living in an extreme state of blessings, extreme. You may be thinking, no, no, I'm not rich, I'm middle class, I'm lower middle class. You don't seem to understand. If we look at the global ummah, 1.2 billion Muslims in the world, all of you are upper class. (laughs) You don't have to compare yourself to the people of England. (laughs) Compare yourself to the entire ummah. Compared to the entire ummah, every single one of you is upper class. And we're living with blessings and bounties that people even 50 years ago didn't have. You have fridge, you have AC, you have car, you have electricity, you have clean drinking water. You know there are millions of people in this ummah who don't even have access to clean drinking water. They have to drink dirty water. That's what it means. I don't think people understand. It's not just a sentence, sentence or statistic. What does that mean and practically then? If the statistic is there, that more than one million Muslims don't have access to clean drinking water. What does it mean? It means every day when they're thirsty they drink dirty water. That's what it means. Mean you can't even do that once? We can't even do one cup. Hmm? We won't be able to do it. And they have to do it every day. They have to do it every day. Allah Akbar hmm I don't think we understand. We should we have to start this is shukar to view yourself as privileged. Why do you think that no, no, I'm nothing and I'm nowhere and I need more, I need more, I need more? You should feel, Allah, you have made me from such privileged. I've so, you've privileged me. You've given me so many things, <laughs> so many things. Mashallah, you can drink ten different types of orange juice. You go to the store, you select between fifty different types of bread. You have hundred flavors of ice cream to pick from. Yes. <laughs> You eat delicacies and food, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, may Allah Ta'ala give you more, may Allah Ta'ala give all of us more. But we should do more sugar for it. May Allah Ta'ala give us more blessings, but tonight's dua is, Allah Ta'ala, may Allah give us more sugar for the blessings we have. Instead of always wanting to have more blessings, why can't we sometimes also have that? Allah Ta'ala, I want more sugar for the same blessings. As opposed to just more blessings, more blessings, more blessings. Hmm. So much Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And look back in history. Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He used to spend days in hunger. Omu say Sayyidah Aishana says in the beginning period in Medina Manawra. because they were muhajir, they were migrants, refugees, homeless. So in the beginning period of Medina she says that sometimes so many days would go by that we didn't even have any bread to bake in our oven, that grass would start growing in the oven. Can you imagine how many days it must not have been used, that grass starts growing in the oven. Then it comes in a day to Sayyidina "Now, so some he never ate his full for three days consecutively. In his whole life. <laughs> Sayyidina Fatima that narrates, that one day that me and Sayyidina Ali are fasting, and I told my husband, you go and you try to find some work, Sayyidina Ali went out and he found some hard manual labor like some construction type work. And he worked in hard manual labor all day. And he earned enough daily wages that he could buy enough flour and enough oil. That when he came home, then he, was, and then he gave it to uh, Sayyidina Fatima. So she was able to make some bread, some pieces of bread. So she gave one to her husband. She gave one to her beloved son Sayyidina Hasan Anu. She gave another one to her beloved son Sayyidina Hussein Badu. And then she kept one for herself. And she kept one for herself. And when her husband and sons had finished eating, she started eating, and then she says, When I started eating, I remembered Nabiyakrim sallam, my father. And I thought to myself that, Oh Fatima, you're eating. Do you know if your father has anything to eat today? So she said, I stopped and I folded up the bread and I went to Sayyidina Rasulullah. And I came to her. And Sayyidina Salaam, it was his sunnat that when his beloved daughter Fatima would come, he would stand up to greet her. Yes, he would stand up out of his love to greet her. And he would ask her to sit in the place that he had been seated. So he stood up to greet his beloved daughter. He sat down to his beloved daughter. And after asking her, he her how she was, he asked, how did you come? And she said, oh my beloved father... I had made some bread and I was eating a piece of bread and I remembered you and I left part of it for you and I was thinking I didn't know whether you had eaten and Sayyidina took the bread and he started eating it and he said, Oh Fatima, three entire days have passed and no morsel of food has entered the mouth of your father. This is Nabi Akareem sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Isn't it shameful for us that we have more blessings than even our Prophet had in his lifetime? Worldly blessings. You have a fridge full of food. Can anybody even say, forget stomach. Can you say even three days of your life has spent when your fridge was empty. Forget stomach is empty. <laughs> There's never even been three days where the fridge was empty. Hmm? And we still don't make sugar to Allah SWT. All we think is how I can get more, how I can get more, how I can get more. Hmm? We have so much, so many blessings. So many blessings. So we have to become people who make shukr to Allah SWT. By making this shukr to Allah SWT, we will get closer to Allah SWT. Now there's so many stories from so many anbiya, from so many sahabah krāan. We will end by showing you some du'as from Quran that Allah SWT mentions. The du'as that the anbiya, the Prophets, alayhi wa sallam, used to make. One du'an, Surah Namal. Allah Ta'ala teaches us, رَبِّ أَوْزِعْنِ أَنْ an ashkura This is amazing dua. That, O oh Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, I ask you that you grant me the tawfiq and the ability to be grateful to you for the blessings that you have blessed me with. This is how you would translate this. The Anbiya even made this. they were shakur. They were shakur, but they had so much fikr for the shukur. They were shakur, but still they made dua to Allah Ta'ala that make me have more shukur. This is how deeply they wanted to have the shukr of Allah. Wa ta'ala. Most of us have never even made this du'a. You never even think like that. So this is the message for tonight. That a very easy way to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is right through our current setup, our current life. Doesn't require any additional ibadah, doesn't require any travel does it require spending sadaqah. There's all ways, but one easy way to get closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is just do more shukr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. More shukr, more shukr. Every day, try at least to do one extra shukr a day, like they have these vitamins, you know, one a day. Try to do. What does it mean? One extra shukr. Try that today. I'm going to do shukr of a blessing that Allah Taala has given me that I never ever did shukr before. Today I'm going to do shukr of my thumb. I never actually did shukr of my thumb before, so today I'm going to do shukr of this one thumb that Allah Taala such a big karam of yours on me. Today I'm going to do shukr of one eyelid. Today I'm going to do shukr of my ability to breathe. Every day, try to do one additional shukr. The days of your life will run out. You will still not be able to do shukr of the blessings of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This is called shukr. Trying to find more ways to be grateful to Allah Taala, more things to be grateful about. One pill of shukr a day. Hmm? Can't we do that? <laughs> Try to do one additional shukr a day. Then you will feel how much Allah Ta'ala loves you. The reason we're distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is because we don't do shukr. When we don't do shukr, we couldn't feel how much Allah loves us. And when you start doing shukr more, this is the beauty. When you start doing shukr more, you will realize how much Allah loves us. You will feel more loved by Allah. When you feel more loved by Allah, you will feel more love for Allah. When you feel more love for Allah, then you will obey Allah Ta'ala more. All of this is the barakah of shukr the <laughs> the nukum. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, that makes shukr to me, I will grant you more. So this teachings we shared with you tonight is just the teachings our Masha'ik have taught us. Nothing from our own self, nothing from our own akal. And we wanted to show you tonight, practically, what it is that we learn from shaykh. Sometimes people wonder that all these people say they have a sheikh. They say they go to somebody and he teaches them deen. They say they have somebody who guides them on taqwa, on tazkiyah. And people don't know. They don't know what it means, right? They wonder, what exactly does that mean? I gave you an example tonight. Everything I told you tonight is something I learned from shaykh. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known how to make sugar. <laughs> We need people to teach us these things. So our Mashaykh are the people who teach us the feelings of Islam. They teach us how to feel shukr. They teach us how to feel sabr. They teach us how to feel haya. They teach us how to feel toba. That's what they are. Now if we need a teacher to teach us how to pronounce the words of Quran called qari. We need a teacher for the wordings of Islam. We need a teacher they teach us the meanings of Qur'an and Hadith. They're called ulama, mufassirun, muhaddisun. We need teachers for the meanings of Islam. So don't you think we're going to need a teacher for the feelings of Islam? That's what Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, kunu ma sadiqeen. That you must join your heart with the people who have the true feelings. That's called sadikin those believers who truly feel the feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala join your heart with them so that the feelings they have in their heart will start coming into your heart Allah ta'ala said in Quran al-rahman fas'al bihi khabira he announces al rahman that i am all merciful allah and then he says fas'al you have to go ask if you want to know what this should make you feel fas'al you have to go ask be khabira, that person who is khabir, that person who is deeply informed and aware of what it means that Allah ta'ala. Ar-Rahman. So may Allah SWT accept our niyat of Tawbah on this night. May He enable us to make true Tawbah in every sense. May He make us fulfill every condition of Tawbah, every element of Tawbah. May He make us serious about our Tawbah, steadfast about our Tawbah, wa akhir And dawana an-alhamdulillahilam bil-adami. We have subhanahu wa ta'ala you. We want to become grateful wa ta'ala wa wa Ya Bikreem, forgive us for all our lack of shukar. Ya Allah, make us from the shakirin. Make us your abdun shakur. Ya Allah make us always grateful to you, ever thankful to you, always appreciative of you. Ya Allah we are drowning in your bounties and blessings. Ya Allah we are undeserving of your bounties and blessings. Ya Rabbi Kareem grant us the blessing of shukr Ya Allah. Ya, with the shukr Ya Allah. Make us shakir, make us shukur, make us from the shakireen. Ya Rabbi Kareem we want to be grateful from our heart. We are truly grateful Ya Rabbi Kareem. You are the most wonderful for Rabb You gave us Each and everything That we had You gave us The gift of Iman The gift of Quran The gift of Nabi Salam. The lamna anfusana Ya We wronged our own selves We allowed ourselves To be distant From you We strayed from the path We committed Disobedience of you Ya We make Toba On this night Accept our Toba Ya Rabbi Kareen. Make us true In this Toba. Make us lasting In this Toba. Make it an everlasting Toba. Ya We made iraad that we want to purify ourselves for you to become pure and beloved to you Ya Rabbi Kareem make us your loyal servants Ya Allah make us your loving servants Ya Allah make us your beloved servants Ya Allah make us your true servants Ya Allah make us from ibadik as-salihin your salihin ibad ya Rabbi Kareem Ya we ask that you bless this Masjid, Ya Allah. Make it a markaz e sakoon, Markaz-e-Nur, a minar, minar of the Quran, Sunnah and Sharia. Ya fill its halls with musallin, Mukhliseen, musallin, Muttakeen, musallin, Salihin. Ya let it produce legions of Muttakeen, legions of Salihin, legions of Siddiqeen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you put the Barakah in our life, put the Barakah in our Deen, put Barakah in our health, put Barakah in our risk, Put barakah in our amal Put barakah in our badat Ya Rabbi Kareem We make tawbah to you Ya Allah Forgive us for all the sins that we ever did Forgive us for the sins that we did knowingly Forgive us for the sins that we did forgetfully Forgive us for the sins that we remember Ya Rabbi Kareem Forgive us for the sins that we are forgotten Ya Allah erase the memory of sin Erase the pleasure of sin Erase the temptation to sin Never ever put us again in the opportunity to sin Keep us mahfuz Ya Allah Preserve us Ya Allah Allah keep our iman in your hifaza. Ya Rabbi Kareem, keep our haya in your hifaza. Ya Rabbi Kareem, keep our our sabr in your hifaza. Keep our shukr in your hifaza. Ya Allah, let us remember you in good times and bad times. Let us be shakar to you in good times and bad times. Let us be sabr in good times and bad times. May Allah all the heartfelt du'as that anyone here has tonight, except the pleas of the heart, except the du'as of the heart. Ya Rab-e-Kareem sab ki naik banawon ko दिली farma sab ki dil ki tamanna ko qubool farma sab ki dil ki fariyaad ko qubool farma jo mushkil mein hai aasan farma jo pareshan hai pareshani ko door farma Ya Rab-e-Kareem hum jo sirf apne nafs ki wajah se pareshan hai susti ki wajah se pareshan is nafs ki khatam bana तेरे बेकरीम आए हैं आजत आपको मनवाने के लिए आपको पाने के लिए आपको मानने के लिए मान लीजिए या अल्लाह मान लीजिए अल्लाह हम सबसे राजी हो जा अपने रजा व जिंदगी नसीब फरमा अपनी निजाम सोच عطا फरमा हमें भी अपनी रजा के मुताबिक बना वो कितने खुश नसीब लोग हैं कि कुरान में आपने उनके बारे में कि रखते हैं हैं तू उनसे یا ربی قریم ہمیں بھی ایسے بنا ہمیں بھی ایسے بنا ہمیں عصر میں یہ نعمت बिक्रीम یا तो दुनिया آپ نے تو دنیاama بہت سے نعمت دیئے ہم آخرت کی نعمتوں کی زیادہ محتاج ہیں آخرت کی हैं ماننے کے لیے آئے ہیں دین کی نعمتیں ماننے کے لیے آئے ہیں یا ربی قریم ہم آپ سے آپ کی کے لیے آئے ہیں ہم آپ سے آپ ہی چاہتے ہیں آپ کا رشتہ چاہتے ہیں یا اللہ انعائیت کر لیجی یا اللہ آپ تو دو فضل عظیم ذات ہیں اپنا فضل کا معاملہ فرما اپنا کرم کا معاملہ فرما ہمارے دلوں کو اپنی یاد کے لئے قبول فرما ہمارے دلوں کو اپنی محبت کے لئے چن فرما یا ربکریم ہمارے دل سے سینے سے تمام نجائز محبتوں سے پاک فرما شہوت سے پاک فرما، دنیا کے ما دین کی محمد اتا فرما نبی کریم شہ السلام کی محمد اتا فرما تمام صدقین صادقین شہداء اولیاء علماء سب کی محمد اتا فرما یعنی بکریم تمام مؤمنین کی محمد اتا فرما اور اس محمد پر جم کر رہنا ہمارا نصیب بنا یعنی بکریم اگر تیرہ فیصل ہوگا آپ جات ہمارا بھی کام بن جائے گا آپ کے ایک کن کی بات ہے ہمارا فیکون ہو جائے گا آپ ارادہ کر لیجیا اللہ اعلان کر دیجیا یا اللہ حکم کر دیجیا یا اللہ ہمیں خوش نصیب بنا دیجئے با تقدیر بنا دیجئے با حیا بنا دیجئے با ادب بنا دیجئے با اخلاق بنا دیجئے ایمان کی تمام صفات ہمیں نصیب فرما یا رب کریم جو مانگا عطا فرما جو مانگنا چاہے تھا نہ مانگ سکے وہ بھی فرما سب کی دلی فریاد کو قبول فرما اور نبی کریم صلی وسلم نے امت جو دعا مانگی یا رب کریم ہم امت فرد امت ان تمام دعاں کو فرما ربنا تکمل منا انکا انتا السمیع العدین Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi said محمد wa ala alihi wasahbihi ajmain